Profitably Unemployed by Block of Jake. I've been unemployed for 10 months now, and my net worth is greater today than it was back then when I quit my job. The purpose of this piece is to explain how that's happened. First, I want to be clear about a few ways in which I didn't make money. I didn't receive any government money through unemployment nor from the stimulus checks. Unemployment money is not for people who quit their jobs voluntarily, and the stimulus checks were not for people who made more than 99 grand in 2019. I haven't had a paid job at any point in the last 10 months. I didn't start a profitable business at any point during that time, and I haven't made any money from this blog. My only material source of income has been through the appreciation of investments that I've made on my own, but that isn't the part that matters here. What does matter is the part where I kept from losing money. Now to explain, let me introduce a simple analogy. Think about a bucket of water with a hose that fills it, and a hole near the bottom where the water leaks out. The water in the bucket represents your money, and the speed at which it leaks out of the hole is the speed at which your money is spent. Most people have a paying job. That's the hose. People want to increase their net worth over time, and so naturally they think about how they can get more water faster from the hose. The better place to start, however, is to focus on limiting the leakage. People's general focus on the hose rather than the hole is well demonstrated by the fact that anyone you ask will be able to tell you how much money they make by some unit of time, but almost no one will be able to tell you the same in terms of their costs. They probably know the cost of their rent or mortgage payments and a number of other standalone expenses, by varying units of time. But very few will be able to tell you how much money they spend on an average day, including their monthly, annual, and other periodic expenses spread out over the course of their respective period. I certainly couldn't have answered that question myself a year ago, but doing so seemed like the sensible place to start. Now, I knew when I quit my job in banking that in order to keep my cash burn in check, I'd need to get my expenses in order. I shut the hose off, so I needed to start looking at the hole. I started with my subscriptions, monthly and annual payments. I looked at the recurring expenses on my credit card and my bank statements. I canceled almost all of them. I had to add one significant one, health insurance, which my employer had been paying previously, but I went with the second cheapest plan I could find from Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield for $287 a month. But next time, I'd instead go with the second cheapest plan from Oscar for $293 a month. Because I like newer companies in broken industries. They tend to offer a better customer experience. My next largest recurring payment was my phone bill. I went into the Verizon store and asked what the differences were between my current plan and the cheapest one I could possibly have. The only difference of any significance was the inability with the lower plan to use a hotspot. That infrequently used function was not nearly worth the $80 a month difference in plans. I cut my phone bill in half to $78 a month. Below are the rest of my monthly and annual expenses as they stand today. As you'll see, if I didn't actively spend any money, these passive expenses alone would result in only a $15 a day average burn. I call this my base burn rate. Note, this figure was closer to $60 when I was living in New York pre-COVID, plus the rent, the Wi-Fi, and the utilities, and between $30 to $60 when I was traveling over in Europe and Asia, being the hostels and Airbnbs. But right now, I'm fortunate enough to be living with my family for free. Now, not bad, right? Wait, it gets better. 
I think about my investments in terms of three categories, crypto, stocks, and real estate. Real estate is unique among the three in that it's pretty predictably generating cash flows each month. This is because our monthly rents collected from tenants are more than enough to cover the monthly mortgage payments, the cost of our property manager, which is a tenth of rent, and any necessary maintenance and or repairs that she facilitates on our behalf over the course of a given month. Subtracting those expenses from the total rent collected each month and splitting the balance with my good friend and co-owner Kyle leaves me to expect about three nineteen a month, assuming the average amount of monthly repairs, which comes out to about 10 bucks a day. This is a far cry from the passive income of a real estate magnet, but it is solid for a first property, and not insignificant for me when it is the only dependable income that I have. Most importantly, this passive income offsets two-thirds of my base burn rate at the moment. Now, with my base burn rate and passive income all figured out, I can calculate what I call my net base burn rate, which in this case is equal to $5 a day. After minimizing my base burn rate and estimating my passive income to calculate my net base burn rate, the next category I considered was comprised of the regularly reoccurring but variable expenses that cost me the most. This includes food, drinks, transportation, and entertainment. I came up with a few principles to help myself spend less in these areas. That said, I believe one of the best things money can buy is the ability not to have to worry about money, so rather than force any hard rules upon myself. I mostly just keep these principles in mind, and try to be reasonable most of the time. Note, again, these principles were most applicable when I was traveling, and then living in New York pre-COVID. 1. Food. Don't drink a lot of restaurants. You're there for the food and the company. Number 2. Drinks. Drink less, and mostly at yours or friends' places. The lower your tolerance, the cheaper the fun. And 3. Transportation. Walk when you can. Subways are usually quicker and always cheaper than cars. Now, the goal isn't to be watching your wallet 24-7. It's to figure it out and then forget about it. Knowing my net base burn rate of 5 bucks a day leads to an annual burn of less than 2 grand, which allows me to live and spend confidently, because I know if I ever want to slow my burn, I can basically do so by simply doing nothing, therefore slowing my active spending. I don't need to drink alcohol or go golfing, and I could easily eat for a few dollars a day if I was willing to eat less healthfully, and not go out for a while. Fortunately, I haven't had to sacrifice any of these things. If I did, I know that I could. But I'd probably just go and get a job at that point. And, more realistically, well before that point ever came. In order to quit my job in the first place, I had to be willing to endure some level of burn in exchange for the freedom of time that I was buying for myself. I was confident I'd be able to offset some of it with my investments in crypto and stocks, and the non-cash flow part of my real estate investment, the appreciation of the value of my equity in the property. There was no way I could have anticipated what has been happening to date. I am pleased to say that between Bitcoin's surge this week, Amazon's last month, the appreciation of my Kentucky property's value, and some other smaller stock and crypto investments along the way, my investments have now offset the entirety of my burn over the last 10 months. My net worth is slightly greater today than it was the day I quit my job, and it isn't because I've been a hermit or lived a miserably frugal life. Quite the contrary. I traveled the world for a few months, had a four-month lease in New York City, and stayed in a couple of hotels before that. 
got a month-long Airbnb in Georgia with Lauren, have eaten well, been golfing a lot lately, and the list goes on. Not every day is roses. I'd be skeptical of anyone who said that's the case. But I haven't often, if ever, but rarely felt restrained money-wise. I've been enjoying my time quite a bit. When I quit my job, I figured I'd burn a good chunk of my savings in a few months, and expected I'd feel the need to get a job after several, if not before then. I thought it'd be well worthwhile to burn that money in exchange for the time that I would buy for myself to do whatever I wanted. I was right in the sense that this time has proven valuable to me. But I was wrong in another. It hasn't cost me a dime. You can find a written version of this article on blogofjake.com.